This is the Mile High Five podcast with Carl Jensen and Doug Cunnington. We have authentic conversations about the journey to Phi, health, happiness, and some very odd tangents. We interview Phi experts, side hustlers, people on their way to Phi, and those who have reached the other side. Join us every week, and if you want the show notes and links and all that other stuff, head over to milehighfi.com. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to the Mile High Fi podcast. My name is Doug Cunnington, and Carl's out of town. I think he was at the beach recently or some other thing. I don't think he's working on a house currently, but I have a wonderful guest host today. She's been on several times, Dusty Young. How's it going? Great. Great. How are you? I'm doing doing pretty good. I've been um, preparing for shows. So like I'm recording a couple with you today, a couple with Amberly tomorrow, just to bank some stuff up for the summer. So I've been thinking about Mile High Fi quite a bit and it's been fun to prepare so far. So yeah, what's new with you though? Are you getting ahead because you're not going to be in town? Are you going to the beach with Carl? Getting ahead. Yeah, for sure. And in fact, like Carl and I did record pretty far ahead. So I think we're like a a month ahead. And then um, Carl was out of town. We were already a month ahead. And then I'm going to get another month ahead. So we can, a lot of these are evergreen. We'll be able to pepper them in here and there. But uh, I'm a planner and I'm, I'm pretty good at working ahead and keeping things organized so we never get behind. Carl's even going to be back and we're going to be able to record some before too long. So we're going to maybe able to finish out the year. Not that much, but yeah. (laughs) Then you don't have to think about it. Yeah. But to answer your question, yeah, there's going to be some time off and I'm just kind of planning ahead. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So what's new with you? Um, Yesterday was summer solstice. So I took a PTO day and went and played. I finally hiked the South Boulder Peak and Bears Peak Hung out with some friends, and I would say something else that's new is that I just got a gravel bike, so I'm pretty excited about it. If anyone has any ideas for bike names, I'm ready. Okay. I want to name my bike, but I don't know what. And you you have a couple other bikes, right? Just one. A mountain okay. bike and then the gravel bike. Okay. Does the mountain bike have a name? Uh, Lulu. Okay. All right. Any backstory on that or just? No, it just seemed to fit. My car's name is Cece. Okay. Um, I know. <laughs> so you're, you're aiming so for another. I got them around the same time. So I think I just was in this naming phase. My gravel bike actually makes me think of the movie Big Hero 6, you know, because it's white, big okay. fluffy robot okay. character. Oh, if, you, if you've not seen Big Hero 6, that's a fun, fun Disney movie to okay. maybe check out. Right. So I feel like my bike needs a marshmallow name. I just don't know what it is yet. It hasn't come to me. That's cool. One thing, um, you know, I have a couple guitars and I I have not named any of them. And at one point I just had one guitar. So it didn't really, didn't matter. I could just call it guitar, you know, but now I have more and I should name them. And I have, um, I have nothing to go off of. So yeah, if people (laughs) have name suggestions, we can think about it. Um, Okay. Today we're going to talk about Time Buckets and Bucket List, and it was inspired from Die With Zero by Bill Perkins. And I think we're probably going to end up doing a like a full show at some point about Die With Zero. We've referenced it in probably every episode we recorded since I read it and then forced Carl to read 
the whole thing as well. And you, you've read it, Dusty, right? Yeah, I think you guys inspired a lot of us to read it. Okay. Thanks. Thanks for saying that. And I, you know, kept hearing it from uh, Brad over at Choose FI. So eventually he got me to read it. So we're, we're passing it along. Highly recommend it if you haven't checked it out. We're going to highlight one specific section, which is time buckets. And we'll compare time buckets versus uh, like a traditional bucket list to the point where we actually define each of them. And then we're going to talk about ourselves, our favorite topic. And we're going to talk about how we're looking at uh, time buckets personally. And we'll we'll actually dive into some of the uh, like in air quotes, like the darker side, like we're thinking about death. Like that's the whole kind of the point of the book. I mean, the whole point is that we have limited time on this earth. And so what are you going to do and when? Because Dusty at this age, I can still hike and I can bike and I enjoy all of those things. At 70, am I going to be able to go hike 12 miles in a day? Am I going to be able to get on my gravel bike and go? Am I just going to be happy with getting up and down off the floor and being able to carry weights and yeah, I think that your capacity to do things changes over time. And that's what we're talking about today is how do you make sure that while you are, while you have the ability to do the things that you want to do, you have a plan to make sure that they actually happen. It's kind of intentional living. And it's too easy to just be complacent. And uh, because I mean, basically from, well, trying to think probably somewhere in middle school or something like that i was just like going with the flow and didn't really make any big decisions and just like made the easiest decision possible until i was maybe like 35 when we were like fuck it let's sell the condo elizabeth and i decided together sell the condo let's go on a road trip i guess technically we were like digital nomad type folks although we never identified that way for some reason i i always was like now nah, we're just, we're relocating sort of. Um, but we went out West, we made like a big decision and then, you know, eventually found our way down here to Longmont. So, so yeah, let's, um, let's break it down and I'll kick it over to you, Dusty, because you're a, you're a good reader. You know, we've been talking about that. <laughs> we, um, do I get a trophy after this? You, you, potentially you get a trophy, <laughs> some kind of plaque, best reader out loud. I was never good, you know, in elementary school where you had to read out loud. I would always mess up the cadence. I still do the same thing, especially with like really long sentences. So um, we'll trade back and forth. You know, you give me the short, short <laughs> ones you think I can handle. But let's talk about bucket lists. So what is a bucket list, Dusty? So a bucket list is defined as a list of things that one has not done before, but wants to do before dying. It allows us to reflect on what matters most to us, our personal values, and to identify important life milestones and experiences that we want to have. And quick note for the credit here. While I'm not good at reading, I am good at copying and pasting on the internet. So I got this over from uh, stanford.edu. We'll put a link in the description if you want to read a little bit more, but we're going to hit the high points. All right. And the thing is, this uh, you know bucket list is referencing kick the bucket, i.e. dying, which we'll do a little vocabulary building today. You really like the uh, specific <laughs> definition, Dusty. 
Do you want to share uh, the, the word that you found so intriguing? I, I like this word. It's a euphemistic phrase for death. So kicked the bucket is just a euphemistic phrase for death. I have trouble with uh, words with a lot of syllables too. <laughs> All right. The value of a bucket list is basically what you said, like the intentional decisions to do things that you want to do, things that you value. And they note here that is it's valuable to live a life with hopes and aspirations. And the bucket list allows you to reflect on those values and goals. So basically, you think about it a little bit instead of being so complacent. So the other part is around the context of death. So obviously, a bucket list it's a euphemistic phrase for for death, but does it only apply to death, Dusty? I did not read this before I came here today, and I do like how it says, the bucket list has now become a way to denote a list of things a person wants to accomplish before a specific event in their lives. For example, many teenagers have a high school bucket list or a prom night bucket list. <laughs> Is this implied? <laughs> Yeah. I was going to ask you, Dusty, what do you think? Do you think there's a lot of things on the list or do you think it's just like one or two things? I'm guessing one or two (laughs) that hopefully people are prepared for. Right. So that is actually what was on the stanford.edu website. I didn't like plant that in there to try to embarrass you or something like that. That that was literally (laughs) what was on there. red sitting here? Yeah. She's very red (laughs) folks that are just listening. So... So yeah, I've heard, um, I think even in the book, uh, Die With Zero, Bill Perkins mentioned like a college bucket list. And I mean, looking at this, I never really thought about it like that. Did you have milestone bucket lists for different periods of your life? I wish that I had read this book a long time ago, because I think at 18, it felt like time was infinite. And now that I'm older and I've consumed more information and I've had more conversations and more experiences. It feels like it feels very real that time is finite and that I might not be here forever. And I, I would have thought about, well, what do I want to do in college? Like, what is my college bucket list? What are all the experiences that I want to have while I'm here? I'm living in a dorm. I'm surrounded by roommates. I'm surrounded by people. I have all of my favorite people in one place. I would have thought of that. And I didn't. And in retrospect, yeah, this information would have been great to have. So I really hope that people are having these conversations with the younger people in their lives to encourage them to start creating these bucket lists, like a high school bucket list or a college bucket list. You know? Yeah. And, it, and it's so hard because especially <laughs> as a former young person myself. You were? <laughs> it went a long time ago. You know, I was much younger in the past. Um, you think you're so fucking smart and you, yeah. you have it all figured out. And you're like, oh yeah, like I will have a little bit more time. But as uh, now middle-aged people, I don't know if you want to share your age, Dusty, you don't have to. You don't have you're just oh, gonna, good. Are you okay. gonna- <laughs> yeah, I'll just, I'm I'm 44. So I am like solidly middle-aged, most likely, which we'll talk about a little bit more. I'm probably past my like middle age point. I'm I'm on the 
the downhill side. Well, I think that the average life expectancy is 79. So you are past that right. that midpoint. I would say my age, but I'm still trying to date. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, maybe, right. maybe we should we should figure that part out first. Yep. So if you're like, you oh, know, I'm old. any viewers or listeners out there, um, her contact info will be in or your Instagram or some kind yeah, of thing, right? My Instagram is there. You can slide into my DMs. <laughs> I think that's what the cool kids say. People will sure. People can reach out. So okay. I lost my train of thought, but basically we were talking about like the milestone bucket list. I and I don't think I actually had any like specifically. Did you have any I feel like it's very common for people to have this around children and marriage and buying a house. You know, where I want to get married by 30. I want to have a kid by 35. I want to, or career milestones where you wanted to achieve certain things by a specific age or you want to retire by a specific age. So, yeah, great. And, And people think about that out there yourselves too. For me, the only one that really, um, that I actually remember in college, I was uh, co-oping or interning. I think I was probably like sophomore, junior-ish. And there was a manager, my first co-op job, the manager was about 30, pretty young guy. And he had a team of whatever, like 25 people. And I was like, oh, that'd be great if I could be a manager by the time I'm 30. However, by the time I got a job (laughs) and I got, um, disillusioned with the corporate structure i was probably like 27 and i was like fuck all that i don't even care so eventually i did make manager i was probably like 33 or something like that but by that like way before that like i said six years before that i'm pretty sure i was like this is all a joke it doesn't even matter anyway but at some point just through um through my own game playing, I made me manager. Another story for another day. Um, but otherwise, all those other areas that you mentioned, not really. I guess I'm pretty uh, pretty casual most of the time. So what about you? Did you have any specifics like that? When I was younger, I had goals around marriage and kids. And then through the course of life, that didn't happen. And so I think I started focusing more on really enjoying my day to day, you know, and again, it goes back to these things that you read or that you hear about. And that was one of the things that really stuck with me is like, how do you create a great day to day? How do you create this life that you want to live that you get excited about living? And, you know, it brought me to Longmont, where I just really enjoy my day to day. And I enjoy the people in my life. And I feel like I'm my best self. What I liked about reading this book is that it made me think about things a little bit differently. It made me think, okay, you know what? If you actually want to experience all these things, you need to get specific about what you want to experience. You need to write it down and then you need to figure out when it's going to happen because that's what we don't do. Like that's the missing piece is you don't figure out when it's going to happen. And then you look back and you think, oh, I should have done that when I was in college. Right. Man, I wish I would have done this or I wish I would have. And you know, you could have a should storm all day. Yeah. Okay. So we'll also put a link for 
it's actually an excerpt from the book and it's over on Business Insider. So if people want to check out the section just on time buckets, they can. And the the main idea with um, sort of time buckets versus a bucket list is kind of what we've been alluding to in the last few minutes. And it's like, there are certain intervals of time or time periods where like you should do these things because maybe you're not as, I don't know, spoiled, right? So like when we were in our 20s, maybe we would stay at hostels or really shitty hotels and our standards weren't as high. Maybe we would stay at a place that was a little noisier, but now uh, we value our sleep so much and we want to stay like in a kind of nicer place. And luckily we can afford it. Uh, We're lucky enough to be able to stay in nicer places, but there's certain things like that where like you really got to do it. Go ahead. Well, I think about the listeners that have kids and also this idea of time bucketing. You might have this huge list of things that you want to do or experiences that you want to create for your kids. Well, their capacity to travel at five is different than what they could take in at 16 or 17. You know, we have a friend in our community who he was saying that his parents traveled a lot when he was young and he doesn't hardly remember those experiences. Like he didn't take as much from those experiences as he would have if he had done the same thing at 19, at 20, when he knew more, when he was thinking about things differently. And so I think that makes a big difference. Right. You know, like I think that's where I get kind of excited about this idea of taking your bucket list. So they really are just one thing leads to the other. Because first you have to create your bucket list. And, you know, like I'm a big fan of human-centered design and sticky notes, and it's great to just take out a bunch of sticky notes and write one idea per sticky note. If you have a partner, if you have kids, you could do it as a family, you could do it as a couple. You could just jot down what are all the things that are on your bucket list. And then from there, you could take those sticky notes and you could move them into the periods of your life when you want to accomplish those things. Because, you know, you don't really, you probably don't want to travel with a two-year-old. I don't know that for sure. I've traveled with friends and their children and I'm like, oh, you, you kind of need four people for this one baby. <laughs> you might want to travel with a 19-year-old. You know, it, like, I think there are different phases of life where things are more fun. Right, right, right. And I'll read a quick little excerpt from Bill. I'll try not to, to mess it up here. So by contrast, this is contrasting the time bucket versus time bucketing. You divide the goals into time buckets, so you're taking a much more proactive approach to your life. In effect, you're looking ahead over several coming decades of your life, trying to plan out all the various activities, the events, and the experiences that you'd like to have. The time buckets are proactive and let you plan your life, and a bucket list, on the other hand, is much more reactive in an effort to basically race against time to get this shit done before you die. I paraphrase the last part there. So... The big thing, and it'll come out as we talk about the things that that we want to do and kind of how we're thinking about it, which is pretty tough. I mean, I'm into this stuff and I, as I'm trying to write out things, I'm like, ah, it's hard to plan decades ahead of time. It's virtually impossible, impossible to. Mm-hmm. So you really have to take a step back and be, be kind of open-minded and flexible. So the big thing is health and how active 
and how like mobile that we're going to be when we're like 60 or 70 or 80 or 90 even and the things that you are like physically able to do and the things that you maybe technically you could do, but it would be super uncomfortable. Like maybe taking a 12 hour international flight in your late eighties, that's probably not going to be that fun. You know, get the business class if you are, but like that's probably not going to be on the top of your list. You may just want to be comfortable and, you know, do hopefully something a little bit active, but um, you may not be able to do much. I mean, I'm hoping at 80, that I live in a community where I'm surrounded by my friends and we're still doing our Christmas cookie making party and someone's kids have taken it over so that all we're really doing is just watching and enjoying and drinking hot chocolate and, in, you know, attending the Christmas cookie giveaway party where everyone comes and eats and enjoys. And we're doing Thanksgivings together and we're kind of living this amazing life where we get to see all these generations that have come up and are now joining us because at 80, right? Like I'll be going to four o'clock dinner and and hopefully still walking and maybe running, sitting on an 18 hour flight, doing long travel days. That is really not on my radar at 80. Yeah. And we're going to, we're actually going to break it down um, by, by decades, more or less, here. So we'll hit um, some a few details about uh, ourselves, and then go back and forth about the things we might want to do. So for me, um, I just made a bullet list here. So no kids. I'm generally healthy. My cholesterol is in good shape. I've been working on that. <laughs> I have a healthy weight. I mean, I did, I got my, my cholesterol was like, um, two twenty, two thirty, And they were like, Oh, you get older. It just goes higher. And I was like, that's like, you could do stuff. So anyway, I worked yeah. on it. It's like one, um, I think it's like one ninety. It's like one eighty at one point. Anyway. So I got it. I got it back under control. Pretty good cardio. Um, do some lightweight training. Generally I'm active. I spend time outside, uh, fairly social, have friends around town and like, do things a, a couple times a week, you know, on the downside. Cancer's in the family. Seems to hit my mom's side of the family around 70. Um, she got cancer. Both her parents did. They did uh, grow up and live in the Philippines for mo- like a lot of their lives. My mom, most of her life was in the U.S., but she grew up there and, and came over here when she was like 30. On my dad's side of the family, Little hit or miss. Um, Some people have lived into their 90s, but those are uh, like grandparents and like the older generation. And a couple people have had uh, heart attacks and stuff, but I think the technology and the healthcare system is a little bit better. So they would have lived much longer if they had the same like medicine that we do today. And because of my mom's side, in my head, I generally was expecting to uh, also get cancer between like 70 and 75 or so. And, uh, you know. Did you put that on your list in this decade? (laughs) I didn't. um, So on a side note, um, I, I I didn't note that, but I'll tell you why. So I was guessing 70 to 75, but based on Die With Zero, I did at least one of the longevity calculators where they estimate your life, uh, lifespan. 
usually based on like some actuarial tables and some other things. Uh, pretty quick, highly recommend people check it out. It said my expectancy was 95, which I thought was wow. a little bit aggressive. Uh, and it even asked about like cancer in the family and how long people lived on one side. And they were like, does it matter? I should take a couple others. But yeah, which one did you use? I I don't remember. I could tell you later, but I I didn't I didn't write it down. It, it took there were a lot of questions, a lot of sections. I want to say it took me like ten or fifteen minutes to fill it out. So it was it was fairly thorough. It, it did ask um, you know what my cholesterol and blood pressure and a couple other like details, which I happen to have handy because I had just gotten a physical. So, so my guess after, you know, weighing that, which is obviously just a, it's a percentage guess, right? They asked a lot of questions, but you know, who knows? I'm guessing like mid eighties, which is kind of in the middle of the two. So keeping that in mind, I, I'm guessing mid eighties, I went all the way through 90 in our little, uh, outline here. So I'll pause here. And Dusty, I'll let you kind of talk about yourself as well. Yeah. So for me, I really appreciate that Doug started filling this out. He's like healthy, super fit. (laughs) I don't don't know if any of those things are. You're super fit. um, (laughs) So I'm healthy. I'm pretty fit. Social. Like Doug, you know, this community that we live in, it's just filled with so many opportunities for connection and friends and people that really really care on the downside for me too. longevity is not something that runs in my family. My grandparents, three of them passed before I was born. The other one passed when I was nine. Um, My dad just lost a sister about two weeks ago. So my dad is the youngest of six and it's just he and one sister that are left. And my mom is the youngest of five and it's just her and her sister that are, are left so there's definitely a history of diabetes and heart disease. So I'm not expecting to live a super long life. I also did one of those tests when I first read the book. And it you know, it said like 72, which feels... Really? Yeah. Huh. I, I did the uh, the easy one. It's like on, on the curve, it was easy to pass mine, I guess. <laughs> Well, wow, only 72. 72. And what I found, because I so this is what I want to know. Did you play with the numbers to try to manipulate the data? So like I so I did it and then I had a friend over for dinner and I asked him to read the book and he did. And then we talked about it. And uh he's part of our community too, and we filled this thing out together. And he has like no stress. Well, I shouldn't say that. I don't know that. I I'm assuming he has less stress than I do because we just have different situations. Like way more, I would say he's probably more active than I am. So like we just kind of move these levers. And if you play with those levers, stress has a huge impact mm-hmm. on how long you're going to live. And sleep, huge impact. And like this one act asked about like how active your sex life is and how many hours you sleep every night, how physically active. So like it went through all these things. And if you play with those levers, you can really increase 
how long you're going to live. Because I was like, well, my stress levels was like yeah. over here sometimes. So gotcha, man. Yeah, and you know what the the sleep thing could be big also because I've like really improved my sleep in the last eight months or so. Thanks, Jake, for hooking me up with the chili pad. But I mean, I was working on it before, but now I'm getting like way more sleep, way more deep sleep, um, like 95% of the time, which is crazy. So it probably helps you feel less stressed. For sure. For sure. All those things make a huge difference. Yeah. With your uh, grandparents, do you know how old they were when they died and what they died of? Yeah. So all heart disease, all, so three of them were in their fifties. Um, my, well, my mom's dad, I think was 48 and he passed away of a heart attack. And then my dad's dad, my dad was 12 when he found his dad. His dad had passed overnight of a heart attack when Mm. he was like sleeping. Oh, wow. And then his mom, um, so I guess if I do the math, she was in her mid fifties. Okay. And she passed away of a heart attack too. She actually, um, she's someone I would have loved to have met because she seemed to know. Like they said that on the day that she passed, she like took out a bunch of old photos and she took a different way to work and actually pulled off onto the side of the road hmm. and had a heart attack. So, you know, she wow. could have easily like gone into a car accident or right. so. Wow, that's kind of like crazy. She's very intuitive. And so, one thing, like you run, and you're like I, I started your, <laughs> I started your, your biography here, and uh, super fit. You're healthy, and you run a lot, and your your heart's in good shape, right? Like you're you're actually pretty fast. So, do you does that give you more confidence that I, your heart's in better shape? I think it does. I think I. I choose to eat healthy and I choose to be active and to make that effort. And I think it's like you, you know, you get these results and you say, well, what can I do about this? I don't have to take this at face value. And that's how I feel about my family's longevity is, you know, like I, I love my dad dearly. And for years, his diet was Pop-Tarts and Mountain Dew every day for breakfast. Well, (laughs) I don't really think that that's going to lead to me living forever. So I think you and I are both pretty curious about physical health. And Mm. so like Doug and I will talk about Peter Atiyah and his new book, Outlive, or fasting, keto, different ways to be healthy, paying attention to blood markers, I think all of those things matter, and then you can take steps to make sure that you're kind of reducing risk and maximizing longevity. And more than longevity, and what I also like about this time bucketing, is that it's being intentional, right? Like, I don't just want to be alive, I want to be healthy. And so you take steps to get there. All right. And then final question on that. Um, I'm, I know, like, I think at least three of my grandparents smoked for a good long period. And my, my grandmother on my dad's side, I think she, I can't remember if she lived to 83 or 87, but she smoked for like, I don't know, 
55 fucking years or something. And like she eventually got lung cancer at the very end. But basically like pretty strong genes to be able to beat your body up, eat terrible, not exercise, smoke for, I mean, I remember going over when I was a little kid and like just the whole house, like she would just chain smoke as we watched like Tom and Jerry or whatever. So like, that's how it was in the eighties, you know, just smoking in the car or whatever, when we're going to McDonald's. Yeah. Yeah. And you walk in and you're like, we need to paint. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's crazy. Crazy. Um, so anyway, did your grandparents smoke or have any, or do you have any impression of their health? Yeah. I don't know. Um, so the only grandparent that I knew, she did not take care of herself. Like she was a diabetic and she would, she would pay my sister to smuggle cheesecake into her. <laughs> into oh yeah, her I like that. Because <laughs> she just couldn't go I love without cheesecake. her sweets. Yeah. So she, you know, she'd like pay my sister. My sister would like smuggle in stuff, and she'd eat it, and then she would get sick, and she'd have gout, and so I know that she didn't take care of herself. I know um, my parents lost siblings in kind of very strange ways. Um, not just through genetics, um, but mm, through okay. like, like my mom's brother died in a knife fight and then she had another brother that was serving overseas and he passed away and my dad lost a brother to leukemia and then a brother to suicide. So Man. I don't have like a lot of, Hey, were they good at taking care of themselves? Were they not? And then his sisters that that were still around that I knew they didn't really take very good care of themselves, but I don't know if it's was like lack of education or potentially some type of depression from losing their siblings in such Mm -hmm. crazy ways. So I don't feel like they're really, they're a great barometer of what's possible or what could be there. Right. You don't have very good data there. (laughs) No. Yeah. (laughs) Very limited, insufficient data. Gotcha. What about your family? Like, have do you know? So you know that your grandparents smoked, but what about your dad? Uh, yeah. So he he never smoked, and let's see. That's actually one other piece of data that I'll throw in here. So my dad is is he about he's about to turn seventy. Is that right? And okay, so I have one one data point, so it's not uh, it's not super solid, but he's always been active, so that's one thing. Um, he's he has been overweight for like many many years since I can remember, and always like yo yo dieted and stuff like that, and never really like made the lifestyle change that he needed to. However, he's been he used to run marathons and stuff, and then blew out his hip. So he was like in great shape. He was a firefighter. So all those guys were in great shape. They were running like crazy, doing marathons. And then uh, I think almost all of them had like knee or hip issues because they ran too much, right? Horrible. terrible. And, you know, a lot of them, you know, kind of a stressful job, right? People's lives are on the line, pretty dangerous. And a lot of them ended up like just being less healthy, when they couldn't do this, uh, you know, great activity of running that they enjoyed so much. So anyway, the point is my dad has always been active and that's one good habit that I have is like, I go to the gym, I work out like 
five to seven days a week, even if it's kind of a week workout, I still, I get, I get in there and it's part of my like daily routine. Uh, my dad's the same way and he still works out pretty often. And the data point is he was visiting us in Montana, I think when he was about 65 or so. And we went on a 10 mile hike that's at altitude. So it's about 5,000 feet in Bozeman. And it was also a smoky day over the summer, not the greatest time to hike, but we hiked like 10, 10 and a half miles, kind of hilly terrain. He didn't crush it or anything, but he was able to, you know, go on the hike and have a nice time. So that's one data point where I'm like, my dad was overweight when he was 65 and was able to hike at altitude in a smoky atmosphere. Pretty impressive. And I was like, if I can do at least that, that's pretty solid. But my hunch is I'm probably like, I'll be able to do that for five to 10 years longer, most likely yeah, if I you, keep my weight you're down. taking care of yourself. Exactly. Yeah. So that's like one, one sort of extrapolation that I've tried to, I'm like, how long can I hike? How long can I like continue to be pretty active? And if I can just keep keep the weight off, which I think I can, I'll do be in great shape. Do you struggle with your weight? Like, do you, no. you know how some people it's nah, just, no, I don't, yeah. yeah. Um, I think I sort of like intuitively eat and I try to make sure I have enough protein and not too much sugar. Although Elizabeth, she bakes a lot of stuff. And I'll eat Very all, well. I love it. I love all the stuff. I'll eat <laughs> yes. all of it. Um, so I try to, <laughs> I try, I try to use discipline to not have too much, but yeah, I don't struggle with my weight. So, yeah. yeah. That's impressive as well, because you're right. Elizabeth is a great baker <laughs> and her stuff is so good. Mm -hmm. <laughs> she just made these almond cookies. This is just si sidebar. <laughs> she made these <laughs> These almond, I don't even know what they were, but they were like these cookies that, oh my gosh, I took four home thinking, great, I'll just have one every day. They lasted 24 hours. Yeah, yeah. You got to eat those fast. Yeah, they're yeah. so good. She's on like a German cookie baking kick and shout out to our friend Sandy Lee, who she- Owns Leckerly Cookies. Leckerly, yeah, which uh, we can we could link, link up to. So, okay, you were asking basically- uh, super long, long answer. What about my dad? Right. So not, not a huge amount of data, but I'm like, he's pretty active. And then the last couple of years, like he has slowed down, but again, he still has like, probably, I mean, honestly, he probably could stand to lose like 60 pounds. He's five. Um, well, I won't share all his details. Right. But, but basically he could stand to lose like a lot of weight. We're just, right? we're just putting everything out there. We're just going to say our age, our height, our weight. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. And then you you're, can you're determine dating, how long you know? we're going to live. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So, well, and the thing is, I'm like, ah, no, my other show, right? Not that many. People listen, right? But not yeah. not that many. And I could be like, ah, nobody listens to the show. A uh, handful of people listen to this show. <laughs> so, it's like, it's, it starts to circle back to you. Mm -hmm. And... uh I know I've got yelled at for telling his wife stuff. <laughs> yeah, you didn't get, it wasn't yelled at, but uh, yeah. you know you heard about it. You I heard, heard about, about it. it. Okay, so that that was that's sort of my side. So I think I'll probably be able to be active. Um, 
like fairly active to uh, 70, 75 and like hike. And, you know, we're in an area where there's a lot of people like we can see good examples of, you know, I'll say old people that are in way fucking better shape than me. Right. hundred percent. They, uh, I'm like, when I used to run, I'd be running on the greenway, like <laughs> old lady will run past me. And it's really, uh, I'll say it's inspiring. <laughs> uh, it hurts my feelings. But uh, like, it's, it's amazing how mobile everyone still is. Yeah. And I think, you know, to kind of like sum up this, not this portion, but to sum up our, our thought, it's more, hey, if you are unsure or this is like one of the obstacles that you have, maybe part of this exercise that we're talking about doing is taking one of these longevity quizzes. It's like, hey, let me figure out what what is my family history? How long should I be planning to live? Because then as you're doing this bucket list and then moving it into the time buckets, you have an idea of how far to go. And it's not just like, oh, I have the next 150 years. Well, I don't know. I don't have 150 years. (laughs) 30. 30 good years for me. 30 good years. Yeah. Okay. So is there any... um, I shared how long I thought I might be active based on my dad's activity level. Do you have any other uh, parallels that you want to throw in as a, like your analogous um, sort of activity yeah. level? So my parents are both still walkers. I, I don't like, I don't really feel like I have a great comparison because mm-hmm. neither of my parents have ever intentionally worked out. You know, they work out um, as part of their job. So my mom used to deliver mail and she used to walk a ton. And my dad owns property and he likes to work on it. So it's always been part of projects. Um, Never intentionally like going to the gym or lifting weights. My mom used to take aerobics classes from time to time. But I don't really have that like gauge. So instead it's... More just based on what I think. And I, I mean, I hope to be that lady that's still <laughs> running by people on the greenway. You will. I mean, not necessarily yeah. faster, but I, and I think that this is, this is an interesting thought experiment to me too, is what does being fit mean and how long will I have that? And I don't know about you, but this book, Die With Zero, it's not everything in the book isn't amazing and it's not, you know, perfect. And people are going to have criticisms of this book. And we know that. And also for me, it created this sense of urgency because one of the things that he says is, so Dusty at 41 will never be in better shape than Dusty at 22 could have been Mm -hmm. ever. Like my body isn't as young. It's not, it's just not apples to apples. So it created the sense of urgency for me in terms of these big things that I want to do, like these hikes and going to the Himalayas and, you know, all of these things that I want to do that are active based. I want to do them as soon as I can, because even if I'm in great shape at 60, I will never be in as great of shape as I am at 41. Right. Yeah. And another point, actually, a couple quick tangents. I'll say it fast. (laughs) 
I agree. Not everything's perfect in the book. And that's one of the things like when we do the episode, like, well, like there are a couple sections and I was like, I think you could throw that out. And I don't blame Bill, right. For putting that stuff in, like all books are like that, where you just disagree with it or you have some other data or maybe something in your life where you're like, "Ah, I just disagree with that. And I have a different perspective. And most authors are like, if you liked half of it, and you bought the book and told someone about it, they're thrilled, right? They don't, they don't really care that much. So um, that's one aspect. The other is I, I am in better shape than I was, um, whatever, 10, 15, 20 years ago. And he does point out in the book, he's like, that's great. But that just means you were in shitty shape back then. And yeah. you could have been in much and better you shape. you should have gotten your shit together <laughs> yeah. back then. <laughs> Yeah, but I, I mean, I I feel that, and I don't know. Like, are you like in the best shape now than, you, or like, um, where did you have some better years where you were like, because you did some marathons and stuff, right? I did, and yeah. I think at like at thirty six, I was I felt like I was in amazing shape. I was lifting weights more. I think. I mean, I do think I'm in great shape now. I could stand to lift weights a little bit more. I tend to enjoy more endurance things like running and biking so i could be doing more yoga more weights you know like i do yoga twice a week that's not that much right so but i still think i'm i mean i'm all right yeah you're you're all right (laughs) (laughs) all right cool you want to hit um some of our time buckets and uh yeah this will be fairly quick we could go like I said, back and forth here, but um, I'll, I'll kick it off. So 45, I'm 44 right now. So I just lumped in, you know, 45 to 50. I said, I uh, traveled domestically, a lot of road trips. We are on a quest to visit all the national parks. We've been to about 16. And one of the driving factors is our dog, Georgie, who has made some appearances on the, on the show in the past. And she's about 10. And if we're, you know, we're lucky, we'll have about five more years with her, something like that. And I mean, she, she lives hard. She, she lives a stress, stressful life. Uh, Dusty's one of her only friends. <laughs> Georgie's a little particular, but you guys have a great relationship and she, she really likes you. Uh, the point being like, we don't have kids, right? But we do treat our dog. Um, She's probably, a baby. Yeah. Like a better better than we would treat kids and we have a weird codependent relationship like we realize how dysfunctional <laughs> the whole thing is um so we we get that but the point is i have a desire to travel internationally and do some other stuff and take more flights but to have someone watch georgie is somewhat problematic like we were invited to go on a cruise um for like, I don't know, like 10 days or something at uh, kind of a hard time to get a dog sitter. And we thought, I was like, ah, maybe we can see if Dusty would do it. But I'm like, that is like a prime time. And we wouldn't want to ask someone to do that, especially one of our friends and put them in a weird position where they have to say like, no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do that. But anyway, the point is we're spending time with Georgie. And while, I mean, we're basically treating it like our, our kid before they're going to college or something. And uh, side note, Georgie hopefully will live, uh, you know, 14, 15 years, which is kind of old for her breed of border collie. 
but um, it's about 730 weeks, 14 years, and she's about 10. So we don't have, like, if you think about, like, how many weeks. Did you read 4,000 weeks, too? Yeah. Because of you. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, the point is, we only have a, a limited number of weeks with Georgie. So we want to spend time with her, and I know we could travel more, but we're like, we should be with her. She loves us so much. So anyway, that's 45 to 50. What's your what's your decade look like for uh, 40 to 50? Yeah. So when I thought about this, to be honest, I have not done the time bucketing yet. So I'm not 100% sure what the right interval is. It made me think of this exercise that I've done in the past, which is just the, the idea of 10 3 one, 3 so what do I want to do in 10 years, what do I want to do in three years, what do I want to do in the next year, and what do I want to do in the next three months. So I do kind of have the next three months mapped out where I am working on a remodel. I'm planning to travel to Portland and do some house sitting there. I'm going to travel to Michigan. I've signed up for a trail half marathon that I'm excited to do and just see more of Steamboat, which is a local place. Birthday parties have been a really big thing in our community lately. (laughs) So I'm hoping to have a birthday party um, for my birthday. So when I turn 42, I just want to be surrounded by all my favorite people. And hopefully someone's going to make pizza because he offered. And (laughs) I think it'll be fun. (laughs) I got to get on that. Yeah, okay. (laughs) So uh, so this is also me going on the record that Doug and Elizabeth should just ask if they want me to watch Georgie. Because I I probably would. Um, But... I really wanted to break things down into five-year increments. And I don't know necessarily where my things on my bucket list will fall in those five-year increments. But one of the things that is coming up in the next five years for me that is on my list is spending more time with my nephews. They are all to the point where they're graduating. They will graduate within that next five-year time frame and go to college or go to trade school. So like when my nephew starts linesman school in Georgia, I want to spend some time in Georgia and just make sure he feels comfortable and that he's settled. And then when the next one comes, so it's kind of like on my five-year list. Um, And then I have some more, but because I don't have them bucketed by, when exactly? Maybe we can just bounce back to you. Sure. So one, (laughs) and I'll just kind of zip through um, quickly here. So, 50 to 60, I'm imagining I'll slow down a little bit. All of this is um, obviously uncertain. I mean, this is several years ahead. So just, I, I want to put all these caveats, but I'll just list it out. Okay. Work in national parks seasonally. So I did that in college and most people were in college. However, there were some retired people and like some early retired people. And they got to hang out in a national park. And while we wouldn't have to work, it does force you to like have a community because like everyone's there and you get to hang out and it gives you like something to do. It's low stress and you could do, I mean, you could work at like at the gift shop or maybe you do something um, like in the office. If you don't want to be around people, maybe you're admin. I was like, I'll probably, I like food. I'll probably do food service of some capacity, whether it's like back in the kitchen, like a line cook or something. But it's just the days go by fast. And then you have like all your days off and you have your evenings or early mornings to go, you know check out shit in Denali or whatever national park you want to work in. Right. So I think that's pretty cool. 
50 to 60. Unfortunately, we probably won't have uh, Georgie with us anymore. So we'll start traveling internationally and potentially take family and friends on those trips. So I also want to play more guitar, maybe some more writing, which I, I think those will be like good pastimes to exercise my mind. Maybe it's some kind of social aspect too. So, all right. What's next on your list? Um, so when I look at my list, again, I don't have them bucketed out, but it's okay. I definitely want to do a fall color tour. So just kind of going along the East Coast and seeing all of the all of the colors and stopping in little charming cities. Um, I'd love to watch the Pope give a speech at the Vatican. Uh, that just seems exciting to me. Uh, spending the night in an Airbnb treehouse and also at interesting Airbnb spots or just like neat things. Um, like I'm thinking about the blockbuster mm-hmm. that you can stay yeah, in, yeah. in in Oregon. I'm like, yes, please. Being able to ride a camel. Um, I just have a lot of things that I want to do. There are a lot of temples that I really want to go see in India. And I want to learn more about the culture and the history. I want to do some slow travel. I'd like to live abroad. There's just, there are so many possibilities. And I think that that is one of the things that was kind of fun about reading that book and then putting pen to paper to think, okay, specifically, what do I want to do? And I have no idea when, like I, I need to do the homework of doing that next step. Right. And sometimes it's the hardest part. Like you read these things or you get these ideas and then you actually have to do the work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's, um, like you had some pretty cool specific stuff, which I don't have very many specifics. So that would be, you know, I kind of bucketed the broad themes and it kind of highlights slowing down and not being able to do as much. So I, I noted 60 to 70, you know, still work in national parks, maybe start going on some cruises, right? I don't have anything against cruises, but I think generally, unless you're going on an Alaska cruise, people that are big cruise fans may correct me. Um, but I mean, you could be a lot more active doing other shit than being like stuck on a boat, as far as I can tell. Um, I know there's a lot of stuff you can do on a boat, but uh, I like being outside, which it's just different. Are you Direct a cruise person? all hate yeah. mail. Do you- <laughs> no, so I've not- actually never been on a cruise, okay. so I don't, I don't know. Like, are, are you on the boat the whole time? Do you stop at different ports and go out and go hiking, and you're just using that as a transportation method to get places quicker? I don't know. I think, I mean, there, there are the... I'm uninitiated as well, but I know there are like ports and depending on what you're doing, it could be like quite active and there's a lot of activities on the boat. So I understand there's a lot of things that you could do on the boat that are quite active, but I think generally I'm like, I would rather, I mean, I'm trying to go to all the national parks, right? So not like I want to be outside in nature, not on a vessel, not yet. At some point it looks like it'll be pretty fucking cool. And you could do, you know, different kind of cruises, whatever you want. I'm sure like you just pay enough money and they let you well, do you it. Well, you probably want to do a test yeah. run too, to make yeah, sure that you're totally. great on a boat. Like do a couple of days yeah. before you sign up for a two week cruise. Yeah. And I, um, we, we've done like one river cruise, but it was a small one, right? So it was like 130 people and you're on a river. So you don't have like that up, like the, the ocean, uh, like seasick motion 
issues. Um, Okay. And probably more international travel, start winding down, uh, more guitar, more writing. And then I put 75 to 85, like more domestic travel again, maybe international won't be as fun to be on flights. Hopefully you still have your license. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Right. (laughs) Well, honestly, like this is one of the conversations we had. I was like in 30 years travel, like in driving could be completely different. Like we may not Mm -hmm. have, like maybe it'll be. Yeah. You You won't have to drive. Yeah. Automated, a lot more automated. How did you incorporate Elizabeth into this process? Like, when you have a partner, and mm-hmm. I'm assuming that she's part of your 30-year plan, mm-hmm. if she's not, <laughs> yeah, Doug will edit that out. Um, <laughs> but I'm thinking about that 30-year plan and right. incorporating her bucket list into your guys' timeline. Because essentially, you guys will have to do... The this same brain. thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, you guys can do some things that are not, but for the most part, you right. love hanging out together. So it seems like. Yeah. And I, we, um, so step one was getting her to read the book because she, you know, she wasn't on board with a lot of my harebrained ideas. <laughs> <laughs> so like if you read the book and I'm like, oh, this made me think differently. And then you try to tell someone without the context of the book, they're just like, I don't get it. I think yeah. you encouraged her to read it and uh, maybe Amy and a couple other folks in our in our group of friends. So she did check it out and it did make her think differently, especially with the time buckets, which is why it's one of the, the biggest topic areas. So Luckily, we've done similar exercises, like back to the four-hour work week where we did the um, uh, dream lining, where you write your dreams out and then you put it on a timeline, which is basically this. It's just a different context. So the four-hour work week was probably targeting, you know, 20-somethings, and this is targeting 40-somethings. But it's the same exercise and people just put a different name on it, right? It's literally the yep. same exercise. So we just, you know, kind of brainstorm and we're like, oh, we enjoy this. Like, we don't enjoy that. Um, and and that was it. So like, really, it was just kind of brainstorming. We hiked on Monday and we talked about it for, you know, I don't know, an hour or two in the hike. And we were like, oh, what about this? What about that? We didn't, I didn't note it on here. Similar to cruises is like uh, trains, so you can take mm-hmm. some some trips on trains, isn't go to national parks. Isn't there a really fabulous train that goes through Colorado? Yes. I've done zero research, but yeah, I think there's one. It goes like to San Francisco and maybe somewhere in Southern Cal- or, uh, California as well. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in that said, as uh, currently a single person, do you think about it differently? I think it's a little easier. Because I can make decisions and I can plot them out. And then I think it's something that you revisit, right? When you have a partner, you revisit it. Or if I had kids, I would revisit it because things are going to change. And that's, again, I think this is not VTSAX. You don't just set it and forget it. It's one of those things that you need to revisit and you need to see like, are we doing the things that we said we were going to do in this decade, in that decade? 
for me, that's why I like shortening it and not having it be 10 years because that I feel like I could easily put things off instead of, oh, no, like this is in the next five years. This is what I'm doing. This is what I'm planning for. This is how much money I'm going to spend doing these things. So I, I do think it will end up being revisited if I wasn't single. You're making a perfect segue. So as, as we wrap up here, um, one of the things that is difficult with planning this stuff out is like, it's such a long time period and, you know, it's, it's hard to stick with it. And then the other thing is like, if you do make a plan, like if you actually are um, too rigid, it could be stressful where you're like, I wrote the plan and I have to do the plan and you have to be flexible about it. Things are going to happen, unexpected yeah. stuff. Um, maybe you realize that you want to do everything a little bit slower. So like we're talking about the national, going to all the national parks. There's 63. And um, our friends, Stephen and Lauren at Trip of a Lifestyle, they did it in like a seven month period. And that's way, that's way too fast. That doesn't sound enjoyable to me. And we're going to take whatever, 10 or 15 years to do it. We went to all 50 states in the same way, like just slowly over time, you knock them out. And, you know, some of them you'll stay longer in the state. Sometimes you just zip through like Rhode Island is kind of small. And we'll do the same for some national parks too. We'll, we just kind of fly by, we we visit it, we go in, take a couple pictures, hang out for the afternoon. Others will stay for like a few days or whatever. So you have to be flexible. And like you said, you know, maybe revisit it. I don't know, maybe annually is probably pretty good. And then you can make sure that you're staying on track or if you need to or want to adjust your time buckets or what you're doing, then do it. And if it. it fits in with others too. Right. Right. Like, I don't know, maybe, maybe we have the same national park on our list. So we plan to be there the same week and, you know, get Airbnbs next to each other. Or maybe... Europe is on Elizabeth's list, but not on Doug's, you know, connect, like have those conversations because that could be a really great trip that I could take with Elizabeth because Doug doesn't want to go or, you know, vice versa. Like I, I think it's fun to do this with other people and to yeah. revisit it and to talk about it because it will build accountability. Yeah, for sure. And especially like you said, if you can get like a group of people, like maybe you can get, a bigger Airbnb or like a couple near each other where you can kind of have more, um, yeah, just more people around. Oh, not, it's not always more, more fun. fun, but if you get the right people, it should be. Um, okay, my my op optimism is just like oh, yeah. screaming. I'm like, of course it's going to be more fun. So the one other thing I forgot to mention in here is through throughout starting uh, this summer, like, I'm trying to get together with my sisters a little bit more. Oh, so like I'm that. in the middle. They're, uh, you know, a few years older, a few years younger. And well, it's easier for me to travel, but everyone's making it a little bit more of a priority. And in a few weeks, I'm going to Richmond, Virginia. And I was just, you know, we talked about it and then no one does anything, right? It's easy just to status yeah. quo, just inertia. And just through a few texts, I was like, hey, what dates does it make sense? Um, I'm pretty flexible. Just let me know. 
and then they were able to take some time off blah 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 so within like two or three days like we have flights booked um the schedule isn't perfect but it's good enough and you know we'll get to hang out and have you know great memories together at you know my sister's new house she's been there for like a year and a half or something like that and um you know haven't haven't been out there and i have like such a flexible schedule i literally could go almost any time i, I got to worry about their schedule and the young kids or whatever but anyway hopefully we'll be able to make it like an annual thing or at least uh, very regular because we Honestly, we try not to go back to Georgia too often during the holidays, which I think we've talked about before, just because it's um, it's very hectic and you end up running like many big cities that are sprawling. Like if you try to visit all the Christmas parties or whatever, you're just in the car um, the time. and it's, it's no fun. We did it before. We don't want to do it. You don't get to visit as much as if you go visit at a different time when there's not a million parties going on. So anyway, spending time with my sisters will be a good one. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. All right. Any other thoughts, Dusty? No, I just hope people actually do this instead of just thinking about it. Where can people find you if, if you want them to find you? <laughs> yeah. So Doug will put my Instagram down below and it's just Dustina Louise on Instagram great way to connect or you can find me on Facebook at Dusty Nicole. All right. Thanks Dusty. And um, we'll be recording another episode where it's just kind of some random stuff. So keep an ear or eye open for that over the next uh, few weeks or months. I don't know what I'm going to do with the schedule, but we'll be yeah, talking again we'll soon. Figure it out. Thanks for listening to the show. That was the Mile High Five podcast, and I'm Doug Cunnington, the balder host, and Carl Jensen is the cool, sexy one. If you dig the show, please do three things for us. Number one, tell a friend, a family member, an enemy about the show. We really don't care who you tell. Maybe forward them a specific show that you know that they will like. It's the single most helpful thing that you can do to spread the word. It's like giving us a virtual high five and uh, actually we don't give high fives in, in person. So the virtual kind is pretty good. And more importantly, your friend or family member or even your enemy will appreciate the fact that you were thinking of them. Number two, make sure you're following or subscribed on your podcast app, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, YouTube, whatever you're using. And that way you won't miss a show. And number three, please leave us a rating and review. We read them on the show occasionally, and you might hear yours out there on an upcoming episode. Quick disclaimer, this show is not financial or legal advice. I'd actually be surprised if it sounded like it. It's really just for entertainment, and that's at least what we're hoping for. But seriously, get advice from professionals. Carl and I are just two guys with microphones that sit in my basement and talk. So we'll catch y'all next week. So Elizabeth and I have been taking dance lessons for actually it's been about a year, but it's kind of been off and on. However, we have kind of enough skills where we're going to be able to like dance at some weddings that we have coming up. And one cool thing that happened recently and Dusty, I want you to tell the story because I think it'll be better <laughs> to hear other people tell the story 
than me tell it myself. So we went out to uh, see this uh, singer, songwriter. Tom LaFond. So if you are looking for some great music, Tom LaFond is is the guy. You should check him out. It's T-H-O-M. And the last name is L-A-F-O-N-D. It's kind of a bluegrassy. He does a few covers. Really great. And we went to a little place in Longmont on Main Street called the La Vida Bella. And there was a group of us that were watching the show. You know, he was just doing a solo show. Doug was admiring his guitar skills. And which, I guess, where do you want me to start in the story? With how she hoodwinked you? No, no. Actually, leave that whole part out. Okay. <laughs> no, no, you can. Put we we only have we only have a, a small amount of time for the sound check, but um, yeah, yeah. So you're leading into it perfectly. Um, music's going on, cool atmosphere. There's not many people in there, and there's kind of a dance floor, but no one's dancing. And there's probably only like I would say twenty people max. Yeah, maybe twenty people. And Doug and Elizabeth felt bad because no one was dancing, so they decided to show off their skills. Awesome dancers. They get up. They do their thing. Doug twirls Elizabeth around. They're having a great time. They come back to the table and sit down. And two of the other people that were in kind of the the corner, the girl starts talking to the guy and trying to convince him to go dance. And she's shaking, you know, she's like, come on, come on. And he's shaking his head like, no, I'm not going to go dance. I'm not going to go dance. So she comes up and she asks Doug, and Doug says no initially. <laughs> I don't like, think, ah, did I? Uh, you did initially. Okay. <laughs> and then we all gave him a hard time because he said no. And then <laughs> you're like, okay, okay, I'll go and I'll dance with her. So then Doug goes over, gets her, brings her to the dance floor. They do a great job. She's a phenomenal dancer. I mean, she knew all kinds of moves. Doug is keeping up with her. Barely, yeah. Doug comes back to the table and sits down, and we're all cheering him on and saying, oh, that was so sweet. You're amazing. Thank you so much for making her feel good. And then <laughs> and then her boyfriend must have been jealous of Doug's skills and gets up and dances with her. And the boyfriend is a great dancer. He is so much better than I would ever be. I don't want to like throw your skills under the bus, Doug, because <laughs> no, you're a great dancer. Yeah, that's but, really uh, generous. Yeah. <laughs> but in terms of like Doug's skill level and this guy's skill level, this guy was probably a 10. And Doug is probably, how would you rate yourself skill level in comparison to her boyfriend? Oh, you know, I didn't look too closely. And I, I don't know. I like I, I would say I'm a two. Like with without like knowing other details. Yeah. Well, the thing is, um, we were Elizabeth and I are most comfortable with swing and maybe a couple others. She wanted to dance salsa, which I don't know mm-hmm. as well. We only know like a couple couple turns, and we haven't practiced it nearly as much. So she was like, oh, that's cool. Like, it, it's fine. And one thing I found is uh, the dancing community is really nice. Like, they remember what it was like being a beginner. And they try to help you and teach you. And I got over, like, being embarrassed, like, trying to dance. So I was like, yeah, let's give it a shot. And then the one the one thing, I don't 
think I said, I, I didn't say no. I said, I'll come and get you in a second. I was like, not, oh, not right now. I missed that part. Yeah. Cause I was like, yeah, I've been practicing this shit for like nine months or what, or uh, 10 months or something like that at the, at the time. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to give it a shot. And I like knew, like I said, I wasn't going to be embarrassed where before, before the lessons, I would have been petrified. Oh but yeah. I, I wouldn't like, have gotten Let's up. Let's do it. My butt was glued to that seat. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's one of the great things with the lessons is like there are group lessons. And if you want to, you can switch partners, which is a little bit stressful. But I did that um, almost immediately. I was like, yeah, I want to switch partners and like be like you're on the spot because someone else is relying on you to not fuck up. Are you good at switching partners? I I get no, probably not. (laughs) Probably not. I don't know. Uh, I get by, it seems. But uh yeah, it's it's one of the best ways to learn because it does make you think on your feet and you don't have much time. They're like, we're switching dances. Most people are kind of familiar like in the atmosphere. The lessons are good. Highly recommend. Yeah. Are you guys going to keep doing them? Yeah. So we will reassess after like a month or so. So we have a bunch of travel coming up and we one interesting thing, right? is we don't have any specific goals. Like some people are like, we're doing this to get ready for- You're not for. doing a dance competition? <laughs> right, right. And that's the thing. Um, I think Elizabeth l- wants to have sort of like, uh, hey, what's our goal? Are we trying to do this for something? Should we go like perform in the showcase? And I'm like, it's just fun. Like, it's just the activity. Like I don't want to make it a fucking thing where there's like added stress to what's, it. What's the showcase? I'm sorry. Maybe I should know what the showcase is, but I have no idea. Imagine it like a um, recital. It okay. Yeah. So imagine it like a recital. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine that. So it wouldn't be bad um, necessarily, but it's just like putting like uh, added stress. Are you like visualizing me, visualizing me in like leotards now? Yeah, I'm yeah. like imagining the costume <laughs> changes. Of, yeah, and when you skin say, tight. Yeah, yeah. When you say, oh, it wouldn't be bad. I'm like, uh, no. Like, yeah. I would require a lot of alcohol. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and the thing, you know what? We're, we're gonna have to do a whole. Actually, I, I can envision a uh, like a YouTube series. We could talk about the dance lessons and like all the challenges you overcome. And then we have like some kind of dance off (laughs) (laughs) or a demonstration or something. All right, Dusty, thanks for telling the story. Makes me sound kind of (laughs) cool.